On behalf of Triad Christian Center and Pastor Joshua Lockett, we welcome you to the Movement Podcast. This year in 2020, we are focusing on walking with Christ daily. So come walk with us as we continue our journey with this week's message. Go to Acts chapter 2, verse uh, 42, and I also want 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14, if you all can help me remember that as well. That's not on the outline, but Acts 2, verse verse 42, and we want to go there really quick. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to what? Fellowship. Let me read it one more time. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to what? And to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to what? This, this, this week, we had an opportunity to worship the Lord. We also have corporate prayer in the morning times, and so corporate prayer is a time where we can come together and to pray. It says, a deep sense of all came over them all, and the apostles performed many, say many, miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. Wow. And all the believers say, and all. Look at this word. You keep seeing this word. You saw it, you saw it earlier, now you see it again. It says, all. And all the believers met together in one place. Say one place. Say it's still good to meet in one place. Thank God for technology, but it's good to meet in one place and shared some of what they had. It says they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and what? shared the what? The money with those in need. And it says in verse 46, they worshiped together. They worshiped where? They worshiped in their own respective houses. No. They worshiped where? Together at the what? Is that one place or two places? It's one place. At the temple each day met where? So they worshiped together, met together in what? Homes for the Lord's Supper and did what? How many times have we seen shared? About three times now. Shared their meals with great depression. I got to share my chicken wings with them. No. With great joy and what? They were generous people. So you keep seeing the word share. You keep seeing the word meeting together. Come on now. You keep seeing all the believers. And verse 47 says, all the while doing what? Maybe having saturate week. Come on now. And enjoying the goodwill. Not, not hating, <laughs> but enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their what? He added to their what? Who did he add? No, it's more specific. Who did he add? Those who were being what? 
So who was the category of people he was adding to their fellowship? New believers. The whole conversation in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47 revolves around believers. He said, the Lord added to their fellowship. Which tells me, it can imply, that fellowship is deeper. Now, in that day, let me give you context. A lot of people were not necessarily breaking down the doors to hang out with believers because I would venture to say believers were ostracized a little bit more back then. So it wasn't like it was the coolest thing to go hang out with people who professed this Jesus to be Messiah. Because you had Caesar, who was quote-unquote Lord, and so that's why even when Paul says confess Jesus to be Lord, that was a big deal. That could cause you your head, literally, maybe. I mean, you could literally be destroyed for representing Jesus. And so on one end, some didn't fellowship maybe because they were afraid to join in because of being ostracized and being talked about. But then also another angle of this, I believe, that even goes deeper, which I believe can also be true, is that you you cannot truly fellowship, and this is by no means, don't let this condemn you or guilt you if you are not a believer yet, because today we're going to give you an opportunity to come into relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? But you are not truly in fellowship until you are saved. The Bible says, how can two walk together unless they both what? Unless they both agree. So technically, you really can't have full speed fellowship if you are with a believer and an unbeliever. It's just like oil and what? Water. It can't mix. Now, I'm talking about fellowship. I'm not talking about going to work with people. I'm not talking about working out with people. I'm not talking about going to the same school that people go with. I'm not talking about that. What I'm saying is that there can be no sharing of anything, really, until you get into a place where you have the same spiritual DNA that I do. Can I get an amen? And so with that, you see the Bible says specifically, and the Lord added to their fellowship, save people believers. You see there, all the believers. It didn't say all the believers and the, it said all the who? The believers that they shared their meals. All the believers were praying. Hallelujah. it's, it's, It's a group of people that fellowship. So we see here that there's a pattern that really God is focusing in on those who are believers. So when you talk about fellowship, what what does it mean, okay? Fellowship means that we are going the same direction, amen? Fellowship means we have the same intention. We have the same goal, amen? So fellowship is not just eating some chicken wings, amen? Fellowship is not just saying, go cook me some fried catfish. I mean, how many of you like fried catfish? Fellowship is not just eating with somebody, even though that can be a part of it. There are, the Bible talks about fellowship meals. Fellowship is when we actually connect spiritually. Are you with me? Can I get an amen? 
So, so it's a spiritual thing more than just a natural thing. Let me show you what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse, uh, verse, what was the script? Verse 14. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14. Say fellowship. Okay, so we're sharing the same direction, and also we're sharing the same, I would say, same mindset. So look at what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. It tells us here, it says in, in uh, verse 14, don't team up with those who are what? Unbelievers. It goes back and says, how can righteous be, righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with what? Okay, every time light turns on, what happens to darkness? It, it, it breaks. Light will never, tell you, it will never mix with darkness. It can't mix with darkness. Say it can't mix with darkness. Are y'all with me? Go, and then Paul says in KJV, in the KJV version, he says this. He says, he says don't, is this a more familiar passage for some of you? He says, be ye not unequally what? He says what? Be ye not unequally yoked together with who? He says, for what? Fellowship. In other words, it's like, well, like, how can you even fellowship with somebody who is not having the spiritual DNA issue? It says, for what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion have light with what? Okay? So this is a deeper meaning. When we say fellowship, we should not use it lightly. Amen? Fellowship is a deep word. We're not talking about hanging out. We're not talking about who your neighbor is. We're not even talking about who your enemies are. Amen. We're talking about who your brothers and sisters in Christ are. Can I get an amen? So fellowship has to do with having spiritual commonality. And I believe that means we have a shared mindset and we have a shared direction. If I'm going to New York and you're going to L.A., once eventually we're going to divide. Can I get an Amen. If you're going to Cali and I'm going to New York, say New York, we can't stay together for too long. That's why I believe it's important. I believe my dad back in the day, and I'm going to get into some of the points, but before people would get married, and even when they got married, he would tell them to do what? To write out a what? A vision. Because if you don't know where you're going, you don't know how to unite. That's why I believe it's beneficial. It might not have been his mindset, but how can we agree if we're not going the same direction? Because one spouse thinks they're going to California. The other spouse says we're going to New York financially. And then eventually, what's going to happen? It's going to be a split. Because you're not going to sa- Can I get an amen? You're not going the same direction. One, one, one spouse believes you shouldn't whoop your kids. The other spouse believes you should. One spouse believes spare not to ride. The other spouse believes we should just put them in time out. Can I get an amen? See, when you got two visions, it can form division. Can I get an amen? And so when you're going in two different directions, it's going to break your connection. Can I get an amen? So how can two walk together unless they both agree? The Bible talks about fellowshipping with the Lord. It says fellowshipping with God who's in the light. So walk in the light. In other words, the fellowship with God, you got to be going in the light like he is. 
So when you talk about close fellowship and daily fellowship of believers, it's people that have come together with the same mindset, with the same goal, with the same agenda. That's why I believe it's so powerful when we come together and worship the Lord and lift him up and praise him because we're all going in the same direction to lift Jesus up. Say fellowship, fellowship. So we got to go the same direction because I believe your connection is only as strong sometimes as your direction. And if you don't have the same direction, that's why it's important for us to have connect days where we tell you the direction the ministry is going in. Because then as you know where we're going, you know how to join in. Can I get an amen? So, so, so the Bible says that these people, that they were in fellowship, and it also says in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14, that you, you should not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship have righteousness with who? And he says it's unequal, unequal. When I think about the word yoke, have you ever seen an oxen? Them yoxen, not yoxen, I'm, I'm creating a word, but those oxen, they got the little yoke around their neck. And he got one ox on one side, got the other ox on the other side, and they're making their little noises. And and they're traveling, and they're both connected through one yoke. Come on now. Well, really, one base. They got two actually rings. You could say maybe technically two yokes, but they're connected through the what? The yoke. And so yoke in Scripture, can I go a little deeper? Yoke in Scripture in one regards means teaching. One of the things you see the apostles, they said they have, they have, in Acts 2, verse 42, put it on the screen, it says that they devoted themselves to the teaching of the what? Of the apostles. You know, in our statement of faith, we have some beliefs, amen, that we have in this ministry. For instance, we believe that God is three persons in one, Father, Son, and what? Holy Spirit. So, in, when you believe that, you have the same what? Yoke. We're walking, and, and as you had the same yoke, that means you're going the same direction. Can I get an amen? So you got the same yoke going the same direction. Come on now. And yoke is symbolic of teaching. Look at what it says. All the believers devoted themselves to what? The apostles what? Look at what it says in Matthew chapter, I believe it's Matthew chapter 11. Jesus says, take my yoke for it is what? Easy. Matthew 11. This is speaking in verse 29, I believe it is. It says, take my yoke for it is easy. What does that mean? He said, my teaching is easy. So, in essence, when we're devoted and we're fellowship, and that means we ascribe to the same teaching. We believe Jesus is the only way here in this ministry. Can I get an amen? So, that's why a lot of times we use this same scripture uh, when it comes to dating and it comes to marriage, a lot of times we use this, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Y'all ever heard people say that? If you've been in church any length of time, you've heard somebody say, don't be unequally yoked. That means you better not be going to the club to find your boo. We get what you're saying. Or you better not be finding them at the bar. Amen. But then you always have a testimony that says, well, we met at the bar and we still together. Amen. We got saved. Because how I many you know God is a God of grace and mercy? Amen. Every marriage didn't start off with somebody where both spouses were saved and they both loved the Lord. Sometimes, sometimes there were cases where somebody was saved and they kind of got a little desperate, amen, and they did some spiritual dating. They were evangelizing the person while also dating them. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all ever heard of that? If you're going to keep dating me, you got to get saved. Okay. And so he got saved just to get the girl. How many of y'all, don't, y'all don't act like you don't know about that. 
The man coming to church just to get, y'all ain't talking to me. And vice versa, the woman coming just to get the man. But you know, even in the midst of that, God can cause all things to work together. Because what they don't know is sometimes it could be a divine setup because grandma and mama been praying and God said, I don't care how I got to get you in the house. I just want to get you in the house. And there are some people that are saved and that love God today and are still married, but they started off dating where one was saved and one wasn't. So I'm not, and I'm not, so I'm not saying disobey the scripture, but I'm also saying if you do disobey, there is grace and mercy that God can release to restore. Can I get an amen? The Bible even talks about how women in, uh, in the Scripture can actually lead their husbands to the Lord by their submission to their husband. Amen. They get a lot of amens on the latter part of that. But the Bible says you can actually, without words, you can actually do your lifestyle like when. So I'm, I don't want you to think kind of like I'm just like crushing people who are unbelievers. But I'm just trying to bring, I'm, I'm trying to bring clarity to a degree of what fellowship truly is, okay? It's between believers. Can I get an amen? It's between people who believe the same thing. Sometimes I even believe, I want to argue this, that you can have somebody, two people that are both saved, if we're going to talk about dating. Come on now. But they, you still be unequally yoked. Y'all ain't talking to me. Because, you know, believers can think different things about different scriptures. You're not even on the same page, and you both going to heaven. Can I get amen? Let me go back up here. Amen. But my, my point is, tell your neighbor, say, we cannot be unequally yoked. So what is that? I'll give you a picture. I, I am, I am in a couple, and however long God has, I'm going to be, there's going to be a Mrs. Lockett that comes in this church. And got three claps. That's great, though. Um, I guess you're not praying. I don't know. But uh, we'll keep moving. Okay. And uh, it would be very interesting if the day that I announce, you know, who the person is and have the reveal party, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it would be very interesting. Now, some of y'all, y'all sanctified. Y'all saved, <clears throat> and you are full of the Holy Ghost, and you got a mighty burning fire, and you love people with the love of Jesus, and you care for people with the care of Jesus. But if I walked in here, and I had the reveal party on the table, let me go to the side, and I had the reveal party for Toby, why y'all laughing? You already know why they laughing. Where's the compassion in the church, man? And I walked in and I said, now, it would be against the law, but let's say it was the law. And I walked in here with a, uh, a four-year-old little girl, and I said, this is going to be my wife. Y'all can't even take that. Y'all like, <laughs> Because you would say, Pastor Josh, yeah, we really connect. You say, no, you don't. My point in saying this is, is this. I, I cannot be connected to a four-year-old. There is no commonality as it relates to marriage between me and a four-year-old. When, when we talk about bills, the person will be talking about celebration station. Like, there's no commonality, so there won't be any fellowship. Are y'all with me? 
I know that's gross and it's off and that's how you should feel, but what I'm saying is that's a picture, I believe, what it's like. What Paul is saying says, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Are you with me? It, 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 there is no companionship. There is no fellowship, all right? That's, the, that's, the, that's a man who's only 20, 22 years old with a four, no, a man who's 30-something years old with a four-year-old saying, we're going to be happily married forever. No, you're not. You see, the, you, see the, you see the hate crimes we're getting going on right now? That's how it is when you see believers trying to fellowship, and I say, I didn't say hanging out. I didn't say going to the gym together. I didn't say witnessing to the person, showing them the love of God. I said fellowship. That's how it is. There is no commonality, spiritually speaking. Light and darkness can't miss. In Genesis 1, God separated the light from the darkness. It will never be. If I, turn on, if I turn off the light, matter of fact, turn off the light. Turn off the light, Brother Frank. Help me out with this example. I turn off the light. Where does the light go? I mean, where does the darkness go? You see it. It's, it's darker, right? Turn on the light. What happens to the darkness? It's gone. There's no commonality. So when I have a tendency in my heart to say, you know what? I connect more of an unbeliever. That's a problem. You didn't get what I said. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor, daily fellowship. Who are we daily fellowshipping with? We are daily fellowshipping with those who are believers. We're going the same direction. We're going to make disciples. We're going to pray. This whole week in Saturday, we came together to worship the Lord. That is fellowship. We encountered the presence of God together. We did it in fellowship. Tell your neighbor, say fellowship. Now, the Bible also says in Proverbs 27, verse 17, some of you still stuck on this three-year-old, four-year-old, and get off of that. That was just a picture to show you how, how different we are. And I just, wanted, I just wanted to give you that picture. It says in, in Proverbs 27, verse 17, look at what it says. It says, a, a, as iron sharpens iron, so a what? So a what? A friend sharpens a what? Not an enemy, a friend. Come on, say not an enemy, a friend. Okay? Now, this is important to realize because the Bible says iron sharpens what? It didn't say plastic sharpens iron. It didn't say wood sharpens iron. It didn't say, what's another, what's another? It didn't say carpet sharpens iron. It didn't say flesh sharpens iron. It said iron sharpens what? That means something of the same substance. Are y'all with me? So it's saying here in this scripture that in order to be sharpened, I got to get around something else that's just like me. Y'all not hearing me. So that's why when we talk about, say, daily fellowship, we're talking about believers sharpening believers. Say, believers sharpening believers. See, every time we come to service, we should be sharpening each other. Service is not just about the pastor giving the word. 
And some of you all, you may say, you give a good word, Pastor, and I got my word. But it's more than just me giving you a word. What's the word you have for your brother and sister sitting right beside you? Can I get an amen? Say iron, sharpening iron. Hebrews 10 verse 23 says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his what? Promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and what? And good works. And let us not neglect our what? Meeting Listen, it says, and let us not neglect our what? And let us not neglect our what? Okay. Why? As some people do, but do what? Especially, it says, encourage who? Okay. Encourage one another. Especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We need to be closer than we've ever been because if his day, the day of the Lord was drawing near then, how much closer is it now? You remember last week in prayer, we said, Paul, Peter said, hey, man, y'all need to pray. Y'all need to be earnest and disciplined in your prayers because the end of the world is coming soon. And we know if he said it was soon back then, then it's soon when? Now. And then we see here, he's saying, you guys can't neglect the meeting of each other, as some people do. It says, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is what? In other words, because Jesus is coming soon. In other words, we've got to hang out fellowship more than we ever have because what? Jesus is coming soon. So it says, let us hold tightly again without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let me ask you a question. How many of us, before we came to service today, asked ourselves the question, how can I motivate my brother and sister today? Say amen. Because when we get together in fellowship, there should be transactions happening in the Spirit. Where I'm depositing something in you, you're depositing something in me, and we're becoming sharpened. But you know what we think about sometimes? How can I motivate myself? And I'm going to get my word, and I'm going to get my breakthrough. And now we start teaching people sometimes, and I'm not, they, they say they love God. We start telling people in service, if somebody on your road can't praise God, tell them to get off. How can we tell, how? When God loves unity, come on now. So now we're, we're forming division right in our midst because somebody can't praise God like you. They can't quicken like you. They foot might be hurting. Come on now. That might be why they sitting down. Amen. So, so we have to be careful. And so we, we want unity. We want breakthrough. But still in our hearts, we have division. We, and be honest, we're good. If it, it's just us and God. But can I tell you, you really can't connect to God well without connecting to people. Y'all ain't talking to me. Because Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I know it hurts because people hurt you sometimes. And they talk about you sometimes. And they say your message weren't that good, Pastor, sometimes. But the Bible still encourages me to not forsake the assembly of my brethren. Can I tell you, sometimes pastors don't want to come to, y'all ain't talking to me. 
But you have to discipline yourself. Say discipline. Amen. Because there's something. Can I tell you, sometimes the more it hurts, sometimes the more it helps. Everything, just because it hurts doesn't mean it doesn't help. Y'all ain't talking to me. Come on, I was just talking about today to some of the um, workers before we went out. I said, listen, man, I remember one time I worked out so hard. Now, I don't know. It probably helped, but I don't know how it helped. But I worked out so hard, man, I ended up finding myself in a restroom somewhere. Y'all ain't talking to me. And I know that's gross, but things were happening. And I, and I correct myself. I don't know if I actually released some things, but I felt like I wanted to maybe. And, and I was just going through. But sometimes, sometimes you got to hurt to be helped. Come on now. You got to <sighs> to get to a place where you go. But if you never go through the, <laughs> you know what the, <laughs> is for some people, connecting to a local ministry. Because how many people get anxious just being around other people in church? Because I'm nervous and I'm scared, but the devil is a liar. Fear is being broken today in the name of Jesus. You don't have to be afraid to connect. What if I told you that God's answer for your life was wrapped up in somebody else? And that God was going to help you through somebody else. Can I get an amen? But if you don't, if you, but if, if the enemy has you too afraid to connect, you will get messed up on the wrapping and you'll miss the gift on the inside. Because of the way a person looks at you and the way a person acts. But, but I believe the enemy's tr- his, his tactic is to divide and conquer. Can I get an amen? He's trying to divide the church so he can move in. How does that lion, y'all know those lions? Y'all ever watch National Geographic or whatever? Them lions, they be over there. You got Mufasa and you got Simba and they all running around and they chasing, and you got uh, Rafiki somewhere, he ain't in the mix. But anyway, you got them on there, and the lions are going after, and they try to get that, they try to get the weakest link sometimes. They try to get the one that's separated from the pack, and they devour them. And I believe that's how some people are. They're, uh, they're, they're, they're happy by themselves, but they're being devoured by the enemy. Can I get an amen? I, you know, Years ago when my dad transitioned, there were two things that helped me, the presence of God and the people of God. Can I get an amen? And it ain't the people of God preaching to me. Let me tell you this. There's some, you know, we got one of the brothers in this ministry is is, is on his transition. There's not a whole lot you can say sometimes when somebody dies. But what you can do is be there. How many of you have experienced that? It's just the mere presence of somebody else being there that helps to encourage you. Come on now. Not a whole lot you can say, but your presence can speak volumes. Come on now. The simple fact that you are there can bring joy, can bring encouragement. The fact that they see you still married, come on. It encourages them to stay married. Come on. The fact that they still see you praising, it encourages them to praise. Come on. Why? Because when we come together, the goal is to provoke one another to good works. Say amen. So if I had, I just, I'm going to get through these points. If I had my, y'all know, y'all see my pinky? Oh, pinky. <clears throat> if I had a rubber band and I tied it around my pinky and, uh, and, and, I, and I tied it real tight, I'm talking about real, real tight. I'm talking about real, I'm talking about like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'd be screaming out for more Jesus if I did that. But I tied it real tight. Day one, if you looked at my pinky, it pretty much looked like my other fingers. Within a couple minutes, it looked like my other fingers. If you came back to the next day, what would happen? 
Within 24 hours, what would have happened to my pinky? It lose circulation. What would start happening to it? What would happen to your pinky? It start, oh, y'all ain't talking to me. It'll start changing colors. It'll stop looking like what it looked like. Y'all ain't talking to me. It'll start changing the way it looked. You ain't, in other words, it'll start transforming for the wrong and for the bad. In other words, it, it, it would be a transformation that happened to where there would be called discoloration. It'll probably be blue and black. Why? Because it's cut off. Okay, here goes another thing that will happen. I would probably lose sensitivity. I can't feel anything. You know, it's easy to become callous when you're isolated. You're not talking to me. You need somebody to keep you sensitive to the things of God that comes in and with, and with a holy, holy, loving correction say, brother, you're off. You're in pride. You're stiff-necked. You ain't talking to me. You need to come back into the fold. Amen. You need to come back into alignment. Come on. You need somebody to make sure that you're sensitive. So here goes. You go, you're going to see discoloration, and you're going you're gonna to numb it, and eventually what's going to happen? You're going to just fall off altogether. How about God? The, the Scriptures say that we are the body of Christ. We are a little body. So if we can change colors within 24 hours, do you think the same thing can happen spiritually? What happens when you're not connecting with people on a weekly and a daily basis from the church? That's what can happen. You can get callous. You can start thinking up strange doctrines and strange beliefs, and we should worship angels. Come on now. And, and, and all kinds of things. And Jesus may not be the only way no more. Why? Because you have, you have separated. You've been cut. The circulation, the blood flow has been what? Cut, cut off. Say, say neighbor. Say daily fellowship. So here goes four ways to sharpen. Number one, how do we sharpen with other individuals? First of all, we got to get close. Say we got to get close. So put that, say through closeness. Or in other words, through intimacy. It's difficult to sharpen iron from a distance. Y'all ain't talking to me. The Bible says iron sharpen iron. It doesn't happen from a distance. You can't look, have a piece of iron over here and a piece of iron over there and it gets sharpened. It's got to get close. Say it's got to get close. That means you got to let somebody in. Y'all ain't talking to me. Can I ask you another? Can I ask you say, who, Who's the last person you let in? I know we're not into February, which is the month of relationships, which we're going to talk a whole series on relationships, but we're going to get started early because you know what? This is a discipline. I have to, it, guess what? Guess what? I have, to, I have to figure out in my mind who got, and it ain't close to everybody. Say close to, I ain't getting close to everybody because some people you tell stuff, they ain't ready to help you anyway. Amen. I, I have to balance stuff. If y'all, listen, do me a favor. Don't just come for one message, trust me, because I'm not going to balance everything. But let me just say this to you. They're, 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 I, I've got to figure out, this is a discipline, who can I get close enough to to tell about my struggle before I tell them about my fall? Come on now. Who can I say, you know what, I was about, I was about to. I didn't say I was. I was about to cuss that person out today. And that can talk me back into faith. That can talk me back into the Spirit of God. Who, who can I talk to and I tell them I'm about to give up praying? I'm going to forget the whole thing. God ain't answered the prayer. I've been praying for 10 years for a new job, and I'm still in that same stupid job. Come on now. And, 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 and a person that can talk you back in faith and says, many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered them out of them all. Who is it that is close? Say close, close, say close. That can talk you back into your place in God. I'm telling you, man, because sometimes you, you know, you can fall idle and you can fall prey to your own logic. And it will mess you up. 
Because sometimes you can think you're so right, but you're so wrong. But you need somebody close enough to see you wrong. And that ain't scared of you enough to tell you you're wrong. Say close. And it's hard to do it because you know why? We want to figure people out and we want to go through that. And I'm, there's nothing wrong with that. But we're going to talk about probably in February, we'll hit on how do I know who to get close to for the practical part. But number two, say through choice, through choice. You sharpen through choice. You never see just a bunch of iron come together and just start sharpening itself by laying beside each other. It's not enough just to be close. You got to open up. Say you got to open up. Amen. You got to be intentional about coming together. The Bible says forsake not the assembly. That means it's a choice. Say it's a choice. I've got to intentionally say, what believer am I going to talk to today? Am I going to hang out with today and share some war stories with? Can I be honest? That's why it's important that you hang out with believers just as much as you hang out with unbelievers, because you need somebody that understands your struggle. You need somebody that understands the type of attacks you're going through. Can I tell you sometimes why the devil ain't attacking the unbelievers as hard as he's attacking you? Because he's already got them. Can I suggest that to him? He's already got them, so he's going to make them feel all as well. But the devil is a liar. You're going to be a witness to them in Jesus' name. So, so you got to get around some believers that know what it's like. The early church, I believe, knew this. They knew what it was like to see their family members, which is what I would say, thrown into the lion's den to be martyred for the faith. They knew what it was like coming together saying your uncle, uncle Jojo and Auntie Suzu just got thrown into the lion's den. They got killed today for the faith. And, and they knew what it was probably like to say, but it's time to rejoice because we know they're in a better place now. They're in heaven. They're rejo- you need to get around other believers who can, who can keep your perspective spiritual. Not, not people who say, well, that's... I guess, you know, I guess things ain't work out for you, so I guess you just need to go on and just smoke a little bit, drink a little bit. No, I don't. I can't drink away everything, and I can't smoke away everything, but I can Holy Ghost away everything. Y'all ain't talking to me. See, what happened Friday night when we were in here praying, and everybody was acting like they were about to fall asleep? You know why they acting like they were about to fall asleep? Not because they were tired, probably, but because the peace of God descended in the room. Supernatural peace. I was about right there. I was just walking back and forth, and something hit this room, and it was just steady. You need people who can talk you back into your purpose and your destiny. They can talk you. You need a Rafiki that can come and find Simba when he out hanging out with Timon and Pumbaa. You need somebody to say, do you know who you are? Because if you're going to come to me with more pity party, I don't need you. Come on now. I don't need you to come and add to the fire. And that's how the devil is. It's bad, ain't it? I know it's bad. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's bad. You, yeah, it's really bad. It? We should just, we should just go, all just go do something crazy, shouldn't we? No. You don't need people who are going to push you away from God. You need people that's going to push you to God. Can I get an amen? And that is the power of daily fellowship. When we were growing up, we had people that we hung out with. And, and all of them weren't perfect. None of us were perfect. But I tell you that there was, there, was a, there was a remnant of us in that group that helped to encourage each other. I remember one of the guys, if I'm not mistaken, in, in particular, he's still, he's helping out now uh, in the ministry at, with my brother over in, in Greensboro. And I remember one day he sat there, he started talking to me about the second coming of Jesus. And I was eight years, eight years old, nine years old. And I went home in the fear of the Lord, I began, believe, began to fall on me at an early age. I said, oh, my goodness, Jesus can come back. 
Y'all ain't being real, man. You ain't had it for real until you hear the sirens going off outside. You think it's the trumpets blowing. Come on now. And you start calling people that you know save. Are you, what's up, you good? Y'all ain't real. You go check on your parents. Your parents, oh, they good. I know they ain't going nowhere. We good. Amen. The rapture ain't happened yet. But, when the, but see, that's a sharpening that takes place where that conversation gets spiritual and it moves out of carnality to where the fear of the Lord drops on you. You said, I might have wanted to divorce her, but I ain't going to divorce her now after talking to this couple because they don't put so much encouragement in me and they don't put so much reverence of the Lord in me. They don't sharpen me so much. I, I think our marriage can hang another 10, 20 years. Amen. Why? Because of the grace of God. And you know what? Some days you might not be able to see your way out, but your brother can. You might not be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but your brother or your sister can. That's why you can't hang around everybody that's blind, because Jesus said, how can the blind lead the blind unless they both fall in the ditch? Somebody's got to have vision for your business. Somebody's got to have vision for your marriage. Somebody's got to have vision for your health. Even when you lose vision, you got to get around somebody else. Everybody can't be blind in my circle. Say daily fellowship. So it's a, it's, you got to be close. It's a choice. You got to find a, a community. Say a community. A community of, 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 of people. And, and then here goes the thing. You got to have a commonality. It, it's got it's to it's be a community. But you got to find a commonality. As I said before, iron sharpens, as I got on here, the iron sharpens iron, not plastic. Amen. Iron sharpens like-minded believers, sharpening like-minded believers. Who are you around that's just like you? That's why, let me get even more specific. If you are a young family, who, what other young family that's a believer? Come on now. Are you able to get around and talk about your war stories with? To form common, say common ground. So iron sharpens iron, not plastic. And then lastly, what are some ways that, we, that, we, that fellowship benefits us? I've already kind of been talking about it, but number one, it strengthens you. Say it strengthens you. Strengthens you. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8. We're going to go earlier, and I know I got verse 11 on there, but verse 8. It says, but let us who do what? Be clear-headed. Protected by the armor of faith and love and wearing as our what? The what? Our salvation. Verse 9. For God chose to save us through our Lord. What? Not to pour out his anger on us. Verse 10. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when he what? We can live with him forever. Verse 11. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Take them say, build each other up. Encourage one another. Who is the last person you've given an encouraging word to? Who is it? I'm not talking about in the world. I'm talking about as a believer because, you know, I believe the stronger the body, sometimes we as been, I'm, I'm, all for, I'm all for going for the lost. We believe in reaching lost people who don't know God, who are not in relationship with God. 
But I believe it's also important to take care of the house. Amen. If the home is not strong, when the unbelievers come in, what's going to happen? We got to have strength within our local body. Come on now. We got to make sure the body is strong so that when they come, we won't have limbs falling off. Y'all ain't talking to me. Let me help you. Then a hand fall off. That can't happen. We got to be strong. The Bible says every joint, what? Supplies. I know it sounds like it's, it's just excluding people. I'm not. I'm just telling you, this is the body of Christ has to come together and we have to rise up to the occasion. God said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. He didn't say everybody else. He said specifically my people. In other words, if my people just get it together, every I'm going to heal the land for the sake of my people getting it together. Can I get an amen? So sometimes we're all off in the world when God said, if you just strengthen yourself, you strengthen your own household, come on now. If you just take care of the inside scoop, you're you, you going to help to win more people. It's hard trying to win people when we're showing up late to work just like them. It's hard to, to win people when we just as depressed as them. That's why we got to come around other believers. Somebody said, I just don't know why I'm so depressed because you are a believer in, in title, but in, in action, you're still living an unbeliever's lifestyle. And, and, and you and you and you and you you got to get around other believers that can sharpen you, that are more mature than you, that can encourage you, that can tell you it's going to be okay. I know you've gone through some struggles, but it's going to be okay. That has a gift of prophecy that can tell you in the next five years, I see you and you look better than you look right now. And you don't have to worry about that child because God already has that child under control. And God's going to even use this circumstance to bring your child back to God. Y'all ain't talking to me. Now, you need somebody that can jolt you back. And, you know, you remember I was talking about the numbness? You remember I was talking about the numbness? You know, I said this before on, I believe it was Watch Night, and I've said it before prior to this, but I think it's a good example. When you, when, have you ever been asleep and you slept on your arm or you slept on your leg the wrong way? And, I mean, I mean it's crazy. It's to the point where it's, it, go, it falls asleep so much you get up and your arm like. Y'all ever had that to happen? And you're walking around, like the rest of your body is awake, but this part of your body is still asleep. And you know what you have to do with your dignified self? You got to sh- You know why? Because you got to get, get some blood flow. You got to shake it. You got you to gotta shake. And I believe that's what can happen when encouragement takes place. That people that have fallen asleep because of the, the worries of this life, the trials of this life, you shake them back to function again. Y'all ain't talking to me. You shake them back to giving again. You shake them back to worshiping God again. You shake them back to living holy again. Why? Because they got around you and they got shaken back in their purpose. I declare that's the power of the church is that when we come together, we shake people back into their, their purpose. Who's shaking you? Who's shaking you? When you get numb, when you lose feeling, when you lose your function, because that's the other thing that happens. It's hard to move a finger that's isolated. You lose your function. Who is it that can shake you back into your function? Okay, that's encouragement. I believe you need some encouragement. Say, I need some encouragement. Who's going to shake you? Amen. I need people to shake me. Amen. I need other pastors to say, shake me and say, brother, it's okay. I need to hear other pastors. You, you got to get somebody that can shake you and you don't get offended by their shaking. Because, brother, you sleep and you, 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 you like that. They need to shake you back into God's plan. Number two, it protects you. Say it protects you. Number, Proverbs 11, verse 14, it says, in a multitude of counsel, it says there is, there's what? 
There's, a, there's a, without leadership, without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is, say there is safety in having what? Many advisors. Who are you talking to about that great business plan of yours? You know, it's between me and God. Ah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. My only problem with that is that sometimes you're looking this way and you only see one side of it, but they can look this way and see a whole nother side. See, I believe God will release believers in your life to cover your blind side. Sometimes it's your spouse. I ain't getting no amens. You got one spouse that's full of faith and one spouse that's full of wisdom. Amen. And, and sometimes they have clashes. Because one spouse is saying, we just need to be real. Another spouse says, we just need to believe God. Amen. And, and you know, both of them work together. Because if you don't got faith, you're going to be a miserable somebody. And then if you don't, if you just, if, and, then, and then if you don't have wisdom, you're going to be making some crazy moves. Amen. But you need, you need both. You need somebody that can help protect you through, through a multitude of counsel. In the KJV, it actually says it more like I was saying it. It says in the KJV, it says in a multitude of counsel. But in the multitude of counselors, there is what? So I need, I need people that can help me to fight this battle together. The Bible talks about Ecclesiastes, how people stand back to back and they can conquer. Amen. And, and, and not only should you find somebody that has your back, but like I said, you need somebody that can see in another direction. They're fighting the same war, but they're looking at it from a different angle. You didn't get what I said. I said they're fighting the same war, but they're looking at it from a different angle. They have a totally different perspective on it. Who is your blindside person in your life? Who is the person that can see things opposite of what you see it, but yet they can still see you going to the same goal or destination? Who is it? Can I tell you this? Because again, what the enemy tells us is to come and get your praise on. Come and get your breakthrough. Come and get, you, you hear from God. Nobody can tell you. Now we're going around telling you, nobody can tell you you ain't heard from God. When you look at Scripture, the Bible says when people prophesy, there should be people listening to examine what's being said. My kidneys check. My, it checks. Kidneys help to purify your what? So whenever my kidneys, if my kidneys just act like I don't want to offend blood today, you're not ready. My, I don't really want to offend the blood of Joshua today. I don't really want to get in their business. You didn't get what I said. I, I, I really don't want to do my job, which is to keep everything pure. If I do that, it's going to lead me to an unhealthy state. So my kidneys, because of fear, fail to function. You didn't get what I said. So I believe that every once in a while, we need to go through the kidneys in the body of Christ. There should be some people saying, uh, uh, um, homie, you ain't ready to get married yet. Uh, you're, not get, you're not with me. But I believe God. I, I believe God. Um, brother, um, you still got two girlfriends, though. And, and the one you live with, not even... You ain't ready for marriage. You, you need, like, like, who's keeping you safe? Who sees your blind side? You need somebody to give you counsel to say, brother, you, you can't take that extra job now. There's already tension in your marriage as it is. And your kids despise you. 
But see, they got to be close to sharpen you. They, if, you if they're far off, they can't sharpen you. They got to be close. So, brother, if you make this move, I see you two years down the road. You will not be married and your kids will forever hate you. He said, that's not a curtain. No, it's a warning because sometimes you don't just encourage, you warn. You didn't get what I said. I said you warn. You let somebody know something's going on that shouldn't be going on. You send off a signal. That's what happens in your body as well. When you get a cut, you have pain. Why? It lets you know. Come on now. You need something to signal off that you've been cut, that you're bleeding, that you're in trouble. Can I get an amen? That's why every body part has got to be functioning and doing its part in the body of Christ. And we can't walk in fear because that person may need you more than they think they do. And I've also seen this, that when I get the most frustrated and the most angry, and don't you hate when you get so angry and you're like, no, they didn't just say that to me. And it takes you about five minutes to just comprehend. Did they just tell me? So you turn around the other way and see if it disappeared. It ain't disappeared. It's still there. It, did they, and then you go the other way, and it's, it's still there. And you're trying to figure out, did they just tell me what I think? Did they just? Because, you know, some people are so subtle. They tell you off. You don't even know you get told off. And I hate, I don't like that because you, you think you're sneaky. I should have got you. But, and so I'm just saying that's the flesh. I'm just that's the flesh, y'all. I missed my opportunity. Amen. So they tell you, and they walk off, and you feel the afterglow of what they just said. You think they already in their car. They gone. They're on the highway. You still think you? You're like, I just got God. And there's nobody there to have compassion with you. But then you think about it, and you're like, Holy Spirit start talking to you. You said, they right, though. You're not ready. And it, it's pride that will resist that. Hear me closely. It's pride that will resist that. And you said, they shouldn't have said it like that. It don't matter. Yeah, they might have had the wrong attitude, but they were still saying the right thing. You're not with me. See, Abraham, I believe, is about to get mad. Sarah said, honey, I'm just going to tell you this right now. It's either me or her. No, she didn't say it like that. She basically said, homegirl got to go. Hagar got to go with Ishmael. And God said, listen, let me tell you something to Abraham. Now, Abraham was a prophet, so he heard from God. He probably was thinking, how dare she think she can tell? I'm a prophet. I hear from God. I'm just guessing, but he, anyway, she told him, and then, and then he said, then the Lord said, Abraham, she's right. By the way, that was his wife. Sometimes your spouse sounds a whole lot like God, but you want somebody to call you out and say, no, no, you, right there, raising your hand, come up. You want somebody to do that. You want somebody to call you up to the front and say, two people get behind them, because when this happens, they're going to fall out. And that person gives you a word, and it's the exact same thing you heard earlier on the way to church. Now, I might have been a little argument tone to it, but it was the same thing. And you said, God, I thought it was going to be something different. I said, no, I'm just trying to confirm they knew what they were talking about. Can I get an amen? But see, this brings safety. I remember years ago, my father, he, it, was a, it was a doctrine that I was coming in. It, was, it really wasn't a new doctrine. It was just an old doctrine. And there was somebody teaching about a particular subject of Scripture. And, uh, and uh, they were talking about it. And I went to tell my dad about it. My dad said, be careful with that. That's all he said. He said, be careful with that doctrine. And that's what he was saying. Not, 
full verbatim, but he said, be careful with that. I was excited about Daddy, did you? And I was going, you know, you know, as a child, you're trying to argue, you know. He said, be careful with that doctrine. What did that, what did that do? It was wisdom protecting me. I had another situation where I, uh, I felt like I had got a word about a particular woman that um, not not necessarily be my wife, so y'all don't go there. Amen. But I had, a, and that can help too. You need somebody with wisdom that can help you there too. Because if she married, she's not the one. Come on now. That's all I'm going to say. She ain't the one. Don't be talking about God showed me that's you're my wife and all that kind of, it, You say, it, listen, be careful doing that. Well, God can do anything. You don't know they're going to get it. God can see the divorce before it happened. Be careful with that. You need somebody to cut you off right in the middle of that thinking process. Boy, I can't wait to February, man. So here we go. This is what happened. This is what happened. So you, you and I'm, I'm going to call. But, he, but, he, but I was thinking, I was like, you know what? And I, I, said, I said, I thought I was praying one night. I thought I was in the spirit. Come on. Have you ever had moments you thought you were in the spirit? You thought you heard from God. And you go tell somebody what you thought you heard, and they said, that ain't God. That just ain't God. You just ate the wrong thing, brother. You just, that ain't God. So I, so I thought I heard something. And I went and told it, and, I, and, and it worked out, too. But I believe the enemy hears what you're saying, too, and he knows how to move things in. And so it was, it was I could have said it was some confirmation to it. I remember talking to the person, and the person eventually, I mean, they were buying into it, and I met this person randomly and all this kind of stuff. And my dad said in so many words, brother, I'm going to tell you right now, keep your distance. That's all he said. And I didn't know. That woman could have been a witch. She could have been whatever. But I thought I had heard from God. But I believe that in a multitude of counsel, there is what? I'm so glad when I was growing up, my parents didn't let me go over everybody's house. You ain't talking to me. Because as a, as a middle school and a high school, I might not have been able to see the tendency in that father or that mother. But y'all not talking to me. That's why it's because your parents are believers too. Come on now. And it's good because they protected me. Say safety. And how many people are wrecking because they don't have any counsel? No condemnation. But that's the power of fellowship. That's why we got to get close. We got to make a choice. Because when we do, it's going to be. And when everybody gets sharp, then they can start cutting things down with ease. Y'all ain't talking to me. They can start fighting wars and fighting battles with a sharp sword, not a dull sword. Y'all ain't talking to me. You're going to do more work trying to do it by yourself than you do with a, with a partner that can sharpen you. You're going to be trying to cut down that tree. They're going to come back a year later. You're going to be still trying to cut down the same. Why? Because you ain't sharpening up with the wisdom around you. Wisdom brings sharpness, people of God. Ah, it brings sharpness in your ministry. It brings sharpness in your parenthood. And, and, and one of the things we're going to be doing next month is uh, we're going to be inviting, uh, we're going um, to work it out to where the married couples, and I've got it all working out, we're going to be talking to the single couples. Come on now. 
And the married couples are going to, we're going to have like a living room discussion, and we're going to, the married couples are going to help to give instruction to the singles. Amen. Because there's some things that we think as singles that ain't, if we just get married, we'll realize that ain't going to necessarily be the case. Amen. And we need somebody to give us a reality check that it might not be like Aladdin where he's going to show you a whole new world. Come on now. And it ain't going to be like, uh, like Lion King, can't you feel the love tonight? It ain't going to be dancing around with now. Come on, can I get an Amen. Are y'all with me? And, 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 you, and you don't need to necessarily marry that beast, even though you think you can turn him back into a man. Come on now, beauty. Let me go. Jesus transforms, not you. Come on now. So, so, so he can do it through you, but you better be careful because he's going to be slashing you and doing stuff to you that he had no business doing. And you'll be like, why don't you just be a man? Because he's a beast, honey. He's a beast. So you need somebody that can spot a beast a mile away. Can I get amen? How many people think tough love is good love? That ain't good love. He ain't your daddy. He shouldn't be beating you. Come on now. Amen. And it could be a beast, a she-beast too. Come on now. If you, if you, if you're on a second date and she and you see a knife come out of her pocketbook, you just want to go on and just. I'm just gonna tell you right now. She said, "I just keep it just in case you act crazy." You ain't my mama. Okay, you're not going to keep me. Check. Hey, can I get the bill? Thank you. Bye. Love you. You need somebody who can spot the beast in her, too. I'm sorry for talking like that today. Maybe I shouldn't. Say, this is the power of daily fellowship. Because when you get around other believers who have the same spirit as you, God will give them stuff for you. I was just talking to a person, and they were saying uh, how, they were saying how, man, this person came up to me, and they gave me, they told me, they said, listen, I know the Lord has been telling you that you, I mean, excuse me, they said, I know, they said you might be considering dropping your job or whatever because some stuff was going on, and this is not the words verbatim, but basically the person was contemplating dropping their job. and says, don't drop your job. Well, it ended up coming out that later on they saw that they still needed to keep their job. Now, they had a plan B, so don't get me wrong. They were going to have a way of making money, but the person gave them a word. In other words, that person had the Holy Spirit in them that was able to give them a word before it happened, and now that person is preserved. Why? Because of a word. Y'all ain't talking to me. Because everybody can have excited moments sometimes where they get happy and they get, whoo, yeah, and, and you need somebody to bring your tigger self back down. Let me bring you back down to earth. How are you going to buy a new car and you can't even take care of the bills you got right now? You need somebody to bring you back down. Not to hurt you, to help you. I'm going to turn back around slowly. Amen. And in closing, number three, fellowship sensitizes you. It brings sensitivity. It, it, it keeps you from becoming numb. It keeps you from becoming numb or callous. I really believe that, that, you know, you've heard the saying, it's not a schedule. It said you can go fast by yourself, but you can't, you can't go far alone. And, and I believe that the, in, the endurance that the church has to walk in is not going to come in isolation. It's going to come in community. It's going to come in thriving together to worship the same Jesus. Now, can I be honest with you? It's easy to say it's hard to live because if you've been around the church for any length of time, you know that sometimes the church is the only place that people can act crazy and get away with it. 
It's amazing this day time that you can not hear necessarily, but you drive up on a parking lot and people on the parking lot can be cussing you out for that parking space, going to church, and you're like, what? where is the connection? Are you? Y'all don't believe people can do that? Okay, I'm sorry. It's amazing that people can look at you the wrong way and tell you about your dress and tell you about your outfit, and they don't even know your name yet. And, and it makes it hard to connect. I'm trying to connect, but, man, I don't think they got my best interests in mind. But the Bible still says make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. But people help to sensitize you. I'm closing with this Hebrews 3, verse 13. And I hope you got something out of Hebrews 3, verse, Hebrews 3, verse 13. New Living Translation. It says, you must warn each other every day. Say every day. While it is still what? Today. That's a whole other message. So that none of you will be deceived. Will be what? I'm telling you people, God, it's protection in a multitude of counsel. So none of you will be deceived by sin and what? Hardened. Hardened. I said this before. See, believers... Are like that, they're like that spoon you have where you know you get the oatmeal, peaches and cream, you get the blueberries and cream. It ain't nothing but a whole bunch of sugar. It ain't healthy. Y'all eating it like it's healthy. It's just my. It ain't. It's just sugar. No, no condemnation. Okay. Um, so anyway, you're eating it, and, and you you walk away from it for a while. Have you ever ate something that was good too? You were eating it. Who you ate about a half bowl? You. Whoo, stuff good. You walk away from it, and you go watch your favorite TV show, and you leave the bowl there, and you come back. What happens? It's hard. But you know what you got to do? You got you got, you got, to stir it. Stir it up. You got to stir it up. And nobody ain't going no hard oatmeal unless you're real hungry, but you, you stir it up, put some water, you put some milk in it, and you might even put some heated water, heated milk, and you stir it back up. So it can become soft again. That's what we do when we come to church. When we see people's hearts who have gotten hardened by the trials of life because that person left them, because that person separated from them, because that person betrayed them, because that person lost their job, because they had the death of a loved one. When we see that person hardened against the things of God and they're about to throw in the towel, we need to come out with our spoon and the milk. Come on, the milk is the word of God. We need to put we need to take some milk and we need to put it in their bowl of their heart and start saying, Brother, you're not going down the tubes. Come on. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord deliver out them all. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Come on now. You will, you will you live and not die. You shall declare the works of the Lord. You need somebody that can come and stir you up when you want to get hard and you want to give up. You need somebody to come and stir you up and say, don't throw in the towel. God's got better for you. If you believe it, give a shout of praise to Jesus Christ. Come on. Give a shout of praise. Give a shout out a praise. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. 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 What's the practical next step? Connect. You got to find somebody to connect with to see your potential realized. Stand on your feet. We're about to go. But if you're in here today and you say, Pastor Josh, I'm going to be honest with you. I am disconnected. I am that finger that's 
had his circulation cut off. And I am not in relationship with a local church. Neither am I in relationship with the Lord anymore. I'm not in fellowship with the Lord. I'm not going the same direction as the Lord. I don't share his mindset anymore. I'm not in fellowship with him, but you want to come back. This is your day to come back. So when I count to three, listen, I know life hits you hard, and I know it throws you off course, but I believe this is a devotion that you have to make. This is a discipline, a choice, an intentional thing you have to do. And I believe you will see results. But you have got to be intentional and you've got to be consistent. So this is an opportunity today to work on what I'm calling a discipline. It's called daily fellowship. And not just with people, but with the Lord. Come on, let's get that right. One, if that's you, I want to pray for you, pray with you. And I want you just to slip your hand up if that's you when I count to three. And I'm going to pray with you, pray for you. Two, come on, if that's you, get ready. And when I say three, slip your hand up. I'm going to pray with you, pray for you. This is the day of a new beginning possibly for somebody in this room that you've fallen away from the Lord, but you want to get back in fellowship. Three, slip your hand up. I'm going to pray with you. Pray for you. Raise your hand high. Raise your hand high. Raise it up high. Is there anybody else that says, Pastor Josh, pray with me. Pray for me. Pray with me. Pray for me. Pray with me. Pray for me. Pray with me. Is there anybody else? Just raise it up high. Raise it up high. Thank you, Lord. Say, Lord, today I come to you and I commit to you and I choose to be in fellowship with you. And I also choose to be in fellowship with my brothers and my sisters in Christ. From this day forward, I will continue to grow and I will not fall short of your best for my life in Jesus' name. I will give a shout of praise to the Lord if you believe that. Daily fellowship. Who are you connecting with on a weekly? You say, do we got to connect every day? Well, it's good to, but even if you don't, who are you connecting with on a weekly basis? Iron sharpens. Thank you for tuning in to this week's show. We hope that you receive practical ways that you can walk with Christ daily. As always, we'd love to connect with you. Visit us on Instagram and Twitter at Triad Christian, Facebook Triad Christian Center, or visit our website, triadchristiancenter.org. We look forward to connecting with you. And until next week, be blessed.